0: Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello and welcome to another uh, Leading from Alignment podcast. My name is Jim Wiegand here with coach, all-around good guy mentor, John Obeluski. John, how are you today?
1: doing great Jim good to be with you
0: good I'm excited about this one Uh, this will be number 11 uh, of our podcast but I think one of these one of those topics that really is important because if we don't have a good framework for our ministry for our lives we we can have the right answers but put them in the wrong box and destroy our lives so tell us a little bit bit about today's uh, podcast what's our topic we're gonna discuss
1: how to be passionate about your calling without being driven Right. Now, I don't know anything about
0: being an adrenaline junkie as a pastor when I was skydiving to work today. I, uh,
1: (laughs) yeah, it, it, you
0: know, we we like big days, don't we? We like exciting altar calls. We like, you know, when people say, how did church go today? We're we're not thinking about, did people receive the word? We're thinking about the response, right? right? We're thinking about the numbers, the attendance, the offering even, you know, the, uh, did, did they hit it out of the park or did they, you know, was it just a single or whatever? So we, we are, we have to admit, I think from step one, before we get started in this teaching today, People that are in senior pastor or pastoral ministry, and even just in leadership in general, if we're living for the big deal yeah. and we're driven to get you know to close that big deal or to get that big altar call, we can we can even kind of compromise some things we we shouldn't be compromising to create those environments to satisfy our insecure souls, right? Right. So, give us a little bit of, of information here. What what do you mean by when you say uh, being
1: passionate without being driven? So, I'd like to talk a little bit about the difference between. Uh, passion driving you and adrenaline driving you uh, to start out. Passion is this intense desire or enthusiasm for something. Adrenaline is a hormone secreted by your adrenal glands, uh, especially in conditions of stress, yeah. that increase the rate of your blood circulation, your breathing, and preparing your your body for fight or flight. Right. right. But overexposure to adrenaline can be addicting. Right. Um, there was this article by the Table Group that came out about 10-12 years ago. It says it said this. I want to just read it the quote. It says there is something particularly insidious about adrenaline addiction that makes it hard for many leaders to kick the habit. Wow. <laughs> You know,
0: because like selling nicotine or alcohol right. or heroin. Well, in a yeah. way, you
1: know, it is. Yeah. Uh, it, they go on to say, unlike other addicts whose behaviors are socially frowned upon, adrenaline addicts are often praised mm-hmm. for their frantic activity, even promoted for it. Right. during their careers, um, and and so it, it's so hard to dissect. You know the difference between am I am I being am I being moved by passion or right. am I being driven by adrenaline?
0: Right. Wow, it's funny because people say. I think I heard Joyce Meyer say years and years ago that one Sunday morning service is the same to our body soul and spirit as an eight hour workday for yeah. a normal person, and that adrenaline rush would explain that, wouldn't it? That it's it's. I I think every pastor knows the Monday morning hangover, you know, the right. preacher's hangover from a from a great Sunday, but you wake up Monday morning and you're just grateful that a loving God created coffee because yeah. without it, how would you get out of bed? Even you know you're so drained and it. That would explain physiologically that it wasn't the physical effort expended to talk to people. We can have a two-hour conversation and call it relaxing. Yeah. But a two-hour sermon, you'd be exhausted. Exactly. After that. So, uh, tell us about it. at what point does passion for our work actually devolve or degrade into a, you know an adrenaline addiction? Like how do we how do we know what cautions what red flags what what areas can we detect in ourselves?
1: Okay. Here we go. So let me give you some some ideas. Um, if you can't detach yourself from your smartphone and, and always check your email late at night, you might be an adrenaline addict.
0: <laughs> the Jeff Foxworthy. Here we go. I got yeah, a couple more yeah. if you
1: want. If, pe- if people praise you for how hard you work, you, you might be an adrenaline addict. Yeah. Um, if your sense of value rises and falls on how busy you are, mm. you might be an adrenaline addict. Um, if you have no time for a personal life, you mm-hmm. might be an adrenaline addict. And wow. so I, I think just looking at how am I behaving? Um, you know, I, uh, Jim, you've told me uh, at times that you have a hard time sitting still, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot of leaders tell me the same thing. And I always get a little worried about that, you know. <laughs> I always wonder what's going on, you know, underneath the, the surface yeah. that is not allowing us to just sit and be still for a bit.
0: Right. Yeah, my teachers wondered that as well in elementary school. They had the same... <laughs> Specific questions. They wrote a, a note to my parents asking me, "What's wrong with your son?" I, you know, I, I'm getting ready to fly across the Atlantic here next week, and and I, I just pity the people that sit on the right and left because I, I will fidget, and you know, I, it just is, and I have to get up every hour or two just to walk around. And people say, "What are you doing?" And my answer is, "I don't know. I just can't sit anymore. I, it's not, it's not good for anyone." <laughs> yeah. So that that uh, you think some people just have more. I don't know if it's nervous energy or ADHD or. uh, Sure.
1: Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I do think that's, I do think that's true. Uh, Some, some of us are, are, it's an easy, it's easier for us. Our personality, I think has a lot to do with it sometimes. I'm a, I'm a five on the Enneagram and we haven't talked about the Enneagram at all on our podcast, but uh, we really like downtime. We like solitude. We like being alone and and we love quiet. Wow. Uh, Not all the time. But yeah. we need those moments and, and we are just better fit in our personality to deal with that. So if you're a, a different kind of personality type, this this stuff that we're talking about today might be problematic. You actually might be mad at us by the time we're done today. I don't know if you'll be happy or not. Well, but I, I think one of the things
0: that adds value to what we're saying right now is you're not this is not John's opinion. This is John's experience having right. counseled and coached hundreds of, of senior leaders, senior pastors. Right. So it's 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 more than just a personality type. It's, it's true. What's destroying people in ministry? What's helping people in, in leadership? So um, you, you talked about the difference between passion and adrenaline, that passion gets us out of bed in the morning and, and adrenaline keeps us awake at night. What do you, what do you mean by that? What are, what are you, I, I get what you're saying. I actually have specific stories about it.
1: <laughs> right. what,
0: what, is that, what does that mean?
1: Well, I think passion energizes us to carry out our assignment. Adrenaline propels us beyond our assignment. And into responsibilities that belong to other people. Right. I think passion produces an appropriate sense of urgency. Adrenaline makes everything hmm. seem urgent. Uh, pa- I look at passion as something that draws us, and adrenaline is something that drives us. Yeah, good. So that's kind of how I would differentiate yeah. those two. It's funny. As you're
0: saying that, I'm thinking of seasons in my ministry or ministries on the radio or television, or you know, the, where there's always a, every every need is a desperate need, right. every offering is a desperate offering. Every, and I, I wonder if that's you know more than just personality or marketing or you know certainly more than the Holy Spirit. It's it's yeah. people motivated in a certain way, trying to motivate people in a certain way. And it's funny now that I say that, it just sounds so sick. You yeah. know, so perverse because maybe the leader is a, a, adrenalized and excited about it, but I, how many people have we met through the years, John, that, that sat in the pew that in the end just kind of felt used, yes. you know, and manipulated. Right. I mean, they, they should have felt loved and cared for um, and important, but they, they give, they serve, they drop off the face of the earth and no one even knew their name or we were using them to build our ministry, right. not using our ministry to build them. Yep. That's a that's a real indictment on this sort of so this isn't a, a minor issue. This isn't like are you kinda no, sorta a, Jim, this, this is a big deal. Yeah, are you hurting people? Right. Are you using people? Are you are you pastoring people? It's I, I'd rather we ask the question now than the Lord ask us the question at the end of our life. Right. You know? Huh. Give us give us some more thoughts on that. What are your
1: So if you suspect you're adrenaline addicted, I've got like Four things
0: maybe I'd like to share uh, yeah, please fairly do. quick. Uh, I've gone from being a moderator to a patient. I'm laying on the okay. couch now. Get your clipboard you right Okay,
1: so I'll treat you like that <laughs> for the rest of this uh, time. Uh, number one, admit you're an addict. Hmm. Uh, hello, I'm Jim, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm an that. adrenaline junkie. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think, I think simply acknowledging your current state with brutal honesty is the way that you get moving toward healing you know a a drug addict can't begin the journey toward healing without admitting they have a serious problem in their life adrenaline addiction is real yeah it's on the rise and it leads to physical problems in our bodies psychological problems it damages relationships especially our family relationships so the first step toward freedom is admitting i'm a junkie wow do you think,
0: And as you've coached people through this, is that an easy thing to say? No. A, you got to really corner them and show them 100 different ways before they go, okay, I That's get it. That's
1: right. It's not easy. I mean, there's yeah. very few guys that will admit to this. It, it, in our first conversation, yeah, it takes a while for us to get to reality. Right. Uh, out of denial and yeah. into reality takes some time. Yeah. Keep going. That, okay. that one's interesting. What else do you have? Here's the second one. Acknowledge that you need accountability. Um, adrenaline junkies can't kick their habit alone. Freedom requires community. Yeah. So I would encourage you to surround yourself with a coach or a mentor or a good friend who isn't afraid to speak freely to you. Right. I I would even say submit your calendar to their review. Wow. And give them permission to call you out when necessary. Yeah. Uh, Jim, if I could say something about that that really matters to me a lot is listen to the people who love you the most right when they point out that you're pushing too hard right before i crashed into major depression i had people in my family who loved me dearly who said john you need to slow down you need to slow down and i and i would think oh you know you don't know what you're talking about right until I slammed into the wall. It's almost taken as a compliment, isn't it? Like, look how hard I'm working. They, yeah.
0: I, people that are concerned about me, it actually kind of feels good. They're concerned because I'm working so hard, yeah. not realizing that what you're using is, is depletable. At it's, some point, you hit zero.
1: It's very twisted, if yeah. you think about that thought for just a minute. So I am I feel good about myself because people are telling me I work too hard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Replace it with obesity. Right. I feel good because people say I'm concerned about your weight. Yeah. i'm concerned because you drink too much alcohol but this is this is that one unique like this just means i'm a type a hard-hitting go-getter right you know the the people that don't get me are concerned about me and yeah i've had people on my staff that work themselves into um uh, emotional fragility yeah And, and it affected their marriage it affected our relationship yes and one of the things is as we were talking kind of debriefing what went wrong they said when i looked at the flow chart and i saw all the all the responsibilities underneath mine that my chain of responsibilities was longer than any other staff member i felt a real sense of identity and hmm. pride and i mean he literally put the gun to his own head you know and we we saw what was happening we asked him to slow down we we actually my wife fires people occasionally for 48 hours gives them 100 dollars Gets in a hotel room, calls the wife and says he's fired for the next 48 hours. <clears throat> Go away. We actually did this twice with this couple. And they, in the end, when he said he was at home taking a day off, he wasn't. He was still working. Right. I mean, he really had, it like like you say, an addiction. It was an addiction as real as any other addiction where you've got to lie to people you love, ignore accountability. Right. I mean, th- those are real
1: warning signs, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Give us, give us some more. Here's a third one. Attack the root. Uh, let me explain that. Try try to figure out why, you run so fast. You know, ask yourself this question: What's broken on the inside of me that drives me to live at such an insane pace? Hmm. What am I? What am I hiding from? Um, I think asking God to help you figure that out is a real important piece of this. Um, again, uh, I think a counselor can be a, a, an amazing help to yeah. us there. Yeah. And and you might be thinking, you might be listening to this and thinking, who has time for mentoring? Or counseling, and I'll let your question speak for itself, right? <laughs> right. And people say, I, you know, I,
0: I tell people you need to go. I'm, I'm a general practitioner and it comes to counseling. You need a brain surgeon. You need someone that fixes marriages or, yeah. you know, specifically deals with addictions. And they say, well, counseling costs so much money. It's like, but you're on the verge of affording a, a divorce lawyer. Yeah. So if you think you're going to spend money proactively and that's too much, wait till you're spending money reactively and you have to double – uh, the, the the amount of money that goes into places to stay because you're going to be, be asked to move out, right? To, you know, plus the counselor, and you're still going to need counseling through it. And it, just take the time to take care of yourself. Spend the money to take care of yourself. Best invest, investment you can make, right? Is right. You and your relationship with the Lord. Ugh, attack the root. I think that's a scary question. What's broken inside of me? Mm-hmm. Because we're not allowed to ask it publicly because we're supposed to have all the answers, right? But I I have found, and I'm sure you have too, that sometimes you know pastors can can have the deepest of issues because they have to hide them deeper than the average person they have to speak as if they're free when they're not They have to speak as if they're happy when they're miserable right it's i think this is why jesus called pharisees hypocrites though right i mean i hate to be that brutal but you're an actor when you get on that stage you're acting you're not you're not a pastor you're not a leader like that's a dangerous place to be I, I see that we have one more. What's, what's the last piece of advice you'd have here? So this for one would junkies?
1: be, a, a, Jim, this would be kind of a positive take, and that is just to learn how to celebrate victories. Mm-hmm. You know, celebrating, celebrate some wins, like taking a day off each week. That's a great win. Or regularly exercising, having energy for your spouse or your children, um, getting a reasonable night's sleep, which is six to eight hours. Um, you know, celebrate your progress, and that, I think, will help you pick yourself up yeah. You know, even if you fall off the wagon, so to speak, you yeah. know, yeah. and into adrenaline addiction, celebrating victories yeah, uh, will really, really help you. Jim, I, I think the one last point I'd like to make is we can be passionate without being driven. Right. We can be devoted to a cause without becoming devoured by it, mm-hmm. and we can be obedient without being obsessive. Right. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And, and I, I hope that this is helping people. Uh, I, I love that we don't know who listens to this podcast. They get to listen to it anonymously. They they get to, uh, unless they comment and so forth, they, I know there's been a lot of people driving down the road in their car listening to this, nodding their heads, opening their hearts, because it's this, there's no accountability here. There's just good truth. And from there, we hope that people will get accountability. Right. They'll get that friendship. They'll be honest. Um, we've got another great podcast coming up. It's going to be our 12th episode. And, uh, and, and I think this is one that goes right along with this one. It really it is the
1: twin to this one. Tell us a little about that. It's called Why Le- Leaders Resist Rest. Uh, you know, Jim, many of the moral failures we read about and those that never make the news can be traced to exhaustion, believe yeah. it or not. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. And I've lost count of the number of talented leaders who've done incredibly stupid things yeah. because they were tired. And so we're going to look at some reasons why rest is such a struggle for leaders and what we can do about it
0: perfect. Yeah. Thank you, John. As always, thank you for just attacking tough topics that are destroying people and families and even churches, congregations. The last thing we want to do is fail the Lord, fail our families, fail the people that we're called to serve. So your your wisdom, I would say advice, but it's really stronger than that. Your wisdom is invaluable to us. Thank you so much. And as always, if you'd like to continue the conversation, convergecoach.com is waiting for you. As you scroll down on this page, uh, leave a comment, uh, forward it on to a friend, let people know what's out there and available to them. It's free of charge. It's a, it's a great way to just to kind of open your heart and mind to things that to make you a better leader so that you can continue to lead from alignment.